Remember, as you're enjoying this fabulous podcast of the radio show, you can also get the Armstrong and Getty One More Thing podcast and Armstrong and Getty Extra Large, our long-form interviews, available via the iTunes podcast app and the iHeart app. San Diego recently got married in the same place where they had their first date. They got married at a Costco, right? It's true, I promise. The couple met on a dating app and they bonded over their shared love of the warehouse store. I think it's rather sweet. They actually got married with a dozen other couples because it was cheaper to do it in bulk. <laughs> uh, I, I really like the superstores. Oh, me too. Big fan. My wife Costco. can't stand them. Because? Just crowds. Long oh, lines. Yeah. I, get, I get that. I understand yeah. that. Boy, you go during dinner time, though, and it's a private wonderland. <laughs> I, just, I, I just like it so much. I just like getting You got everything. yummy food here. You got, like, sports equipment there. You got camping stuff. Hey, honey, we should camp. <laughs> Joseph, <laughs> come, come this way. Then you got, like, a pair of sweatpants. Very comfy right there. They're, like, $14. Yeah. You got a jacket, you got a pair of pants. Tell you what, my $20 Sam's Club golf pants, I think they're 22 bucks. Indestructible. You can get them as muddy as you want. You wash them, they're fine. They stretch at the waist. <laughs> so, if, for instance, you're in the ha- habit of hammering down uh, two entire racks of ribs in a sitting, like I did last night, they're a little stretchy. $22. What's not to like? I'm telling you. <laughs> So, Spe- speaking of money, I need to get to the federal shutdown thing. You, do you want to interject something? or? Uh, yes, I just saw a guy. In it. So, we've been playing clips of Howard Schultz throughout the morning. Don't and look- help elect Trump, you egotistical billionaire. Oh, wait a minute. Where's, where's the Schultz slogan? Oh, We're going to play that together. God dang it, Sean. Make America grande again. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> How good is that? Make America Grande again. That's hilarious. No kidding. Um. Uh. So yeah. So progressives. That's the progressive view. And not only that guy yelling at Schultz yesterday at a bookstore, but uh, you know, serious op-ed pieces in magazines and newspapers. Sure. Um. That it'll throw it to Trump. So that there's another wild card, right? You got all these. You got 36 Democrats running. You got an independent guy running with a ton of money. And I just saw old phony Jeff Flake. Up on the early show, talking about the 2020 and how he's at least thinking about it. So that'd be, he'd probably run, would he run as an, a Republican in primary Trump? Or I don't know if he'd be an independent or not. But there there are miles to go before we sleep on how different this time is going to be around. Everybody thinks they can bring him down. So. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. I can envision quite a number of interesting scenarios happening. I'll tell you and this. It's hard to know which one's there, more likely than the other. There are 20 candidates I would vote for before I'd vote for Jeff Phony Flake. Oh, please. His ethics are as bent as his nose. God. So here's the big story you've heard over and over again. And it's, you know, the, most of the media is so lazy now or underemployed, uh, underpeopled, you know, understaffed, I guess is the term everybody uses, Joe. Um, we. Uh, 
we're acutely aware of certain media outlets that used to be really good partners um, to talk to, but they're kind of in desperate straits financially, and all the like serious reporters, writers, thinkers um, have gone, and now it's just you know more or less interns who rewrite other media stories in like four paragraphs, and that's what they do. That's not good. You know, there was like there was a black day for journalism last week. I don't know why it all happened that day. Gannett and, and a bunch of different organizations laid off tons of news people across the country. Yeah. Newspapers, yeah. TV stations. I don't know why it all happened at that time. But anyway, yeah, yeah they're, they're, that's very, very true and troubling. So here's a story you've heard repeated over and over and over again because it's jazzy and exciting. The federal government shutdown cost the economy $11 billion. That will never come back. Well, not exactly. Is the tagline they, they, that I saw yesterday. Uh, well, hang on a second. Uh, $11 billion, according to a new analysis from the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office, reflecting lost output from federal workers, delayed government spending, and reduced demand. The report estimated that $8 billion of that would we'd catch up on. Uh, we'd just It would get spent next week instead. It's like if... You know, uh, every car lot in America was closed for a week. There would be a precipitous drop in the number of cars sold. But next week, you'd make up for it because the pent-up demand would get spent. But they're saying so. Of that $11 billion, $3 billion of it is gone forever. It will not be reversed. It's permanently lost. I'm not an economist, but I don't understand how that's true. Explain to me, what's the reasoning behind that? Where did it go? Well, it, it was money not uh, not uh, paid, not spent. And well, why did, it's, gonna be, the, it's going to be paid. Why won't it get spent the same way it would have? Well, right, exactly. And here's... Well, because if I go out to... I'm just guessing. If I go out to a restaurant every Wednesday... I can't go back to those Wednesdays. That, that example works. We'll that take, example works. Uh, that example does not work. We'll it take doesn't? questions, Sean, at the end of me answering all of your questions in advance. <laughs> okay. Actually, you asking awesome. those questions is probably a better way to do it. Now Are you a licensed it. fiduciary? Oh, please. <laughs> please. For years. In good standing. <laughs> Among those I'm quoting now from the CBO. Among those who experience the largest and most direct negative effect are federal workers who face delayed compensation and private sector entities that lost business. Some of these private sector entities will never recoup that lost income. Here is the problem with that analysis. There are two problems. Number one. You're an idiot. Number two. (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) No. Number one. Government doesn't produce anything. It it sucks from the economy. It siphons productive money to run what are allegedly necessary functions that help everything else work. Fair enough. There are some examples, arguably, if the government is doing research, private uh, companies are not doing right now, and it pays off down the road. Maybe that's, like, productive. But the government siphons revenue away to take care of administration. The best example I've heard of that $3 billion lost is that all the federal employees, Let's yeah, most federal employees are outside D.C., but for the sake of the argument, let's talk about Washington, D.C., people flooding out of the enormous, giant marble buildings that are all over the place. And if you haven't been to Washington, D.C. lately, every American should, not only because it's a super great place for tourism, and it'll, you know, some of the monuments and all will fill you with patriotism, but it will remind you of the staggering, mind-boggling, like it's the planet Jupiter size of the federal government. You know why we're now on the air in Washington, D.C.? Because we're awesome. (laughs) Where did that come from? Anyway, so uh, 
So the best example I've heard, all those federal employees washing out into the streets during uh, lunchtime, for instance, and going to one of the many, many hot dog vendors in D.C. and buying a hot dog. Hot dog! Who wants a hot dog? Or some of your upper-level people going to some of the fine restaurants in Washington, D.C. and ordering themselves a meal. Well, I would uh, like the oysters. So, uh, the oysters, Rockefeller. So, uh, uh, the analysis from the CBO and repeated in the mainstream media, because they're trying to make as big a deal of the shutdown as they possibly can, is that that hot dog vendor will not recoup those dollars. That is true. On the other hand, those dollars, when paid to that employee, will be spent on freaking something. Or saved, but they still exist. Well, it's unlikely it'll be saved in proportions any different than they normally would have saved. It's unlikely you're going to change your spending behavior. So it could be that having made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at home for a while... They get those dollars and they go get the oysters Rockefeller instead of a hot dog that day, in case in which case the money will be spent. Or they will go out and buy a new pair of twenty-two dollar golf pants at the the Costco or the Sam's Club or whatever. Or you know they'll invest it or something. That money will be spent. So there now be... you could argue because money has value over time. That okay, you delayed it by a month and a half. If that money were to be invested or something because of the way yeah, economics work, in, yeah, that lost time is lost money. In 30 days, it ain't going to be a heck of a lot. Well, in fact, it might have gone the wrong direction in and, 30, and 30 it's, days. And it's not. And even if it were true, entirely true, just because money has value over time and we lost that value because there was no money for a while, well, less money, um, even if that were true, that's a ridiculous thing to worry about given the fact that we're arguing about the way the government ought to function, what it ought to spend money on, how much it ought to spend, and, you know, issues of border security and that sort of thing. So, just, so, but in your example, that last example, I'm supposed to believe that everybody's paycheck to paycheck and they invest all their extra money. Well, yeah, or or because of the multiplying effect of money. You know, I buy a hot dog, and the hot dog guy... Uh, gets a haircut and he buys because uh, nobody wants to buy a hot dog from a guy with shaggy hair, right? And he buys some uh, some plastic gloves because you don't want to see him handling your wiener <laughs> there with his bare hands and no, no and the you rest don't. of it. And then those people spend money on such and such, but and so, that's how economies grow. So it, it just, but it's I, just it's trivia. Well, right, just on the face of it, it sounded stupid to me when I right. heard it because they're gonna people are gonna get the money back. And like you said, if you were gonna buy a car last month, you didn't last month, you will this month. So right. what the hell difference? So, but you will concede that the the individual hot dog vendor may have lost money yes that yeah. he's not going to get back yes yeah oh absolutely but there's certainly not three billion dollars worth of that well right and people aren't going to get 31 however many days it was they're not going to get that 30 some days worth of hot dog money and say honey let's see we would have spent 171 dollars on hot dogs so if you'll hand me that lighter let's burn that money and it will never be used for anything no that money will be used it's just, it's a silly conversation. Well, let's see. From my personal text line of my friends, um, I wanted to read this from my friend uh, uh, Dave. Oh, he was talking about, um, uh, we heard that the city of Sacramento is going to hire homeless people to clean uh, various uh, riverbanks, which are clogged with garbage and human feces. Sound familiar? Seattle? Portland, San Francisco, San Diego, and all sorts of other enclaves where, you know, the homeless problems run wild. Um, and, and my friend asks, does the city have to pay the, uh, the guy's minimum wage and benefits? Well, they're going to pay more than minimum wage, actually. 
going to make them go through sexual harassment training before cleaning the park? That would be funny. I'd like you to figure out if they're a violent, uh, have a violent felony in their past before you put them in the park. Well, they're there anyway. I, I think the the idea is, are they just going to be there, or are they going to clean? Oh, so now you're going to hang around the park and clean it. Exactly. You were there anyway. Well, yes. You know, if or, I have to accept your way along one, the riverbank, clean up some garbage. If I have to accept that first part, I suppose that makes sense. I'd rather not accept the first portion of that argument. Yeah, but do you want crap on the riverbanks? No. Are you, no. you pro-crap? No, I'm anti-garbage. Is this the voice of crap on the air? I'm anti-garbage. All right, then. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's using the problem to solve the problem. More of what... Schultz thinks about certain things as he might be the great disruptor in this election. Has the president referred to him as Sergeant Schultz yet? I'm shocked that he has not. Somebody check the Twitter. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. nation. And I wanted to clarify the word independent, which I view uh, merely as a designation on the ballot. And Don't what, help elect Trump, you egotistical billionaire. Make America grande again. Excellent. <laughs> So who's saying that to make America grande again? That's a dude on Fox News, okay. Stephen Ducey. Um, the the guy heckling uh, Howard Schultz there. Great enunciation. I mean, really, really good. You egotistical billionaire a-hole. Right. Really, it, really. If there's like a heckling combine where you get all the hecklers out there and they, you know, the voice pitch and the enunciate, this guy just ranks off the charts. Oh, yeah, His intangibles. Just scrawling on their uh, legal pad, definitely, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So play that for me one more time, Positive Sean. And I wanted to clarify the word independent, the which I view uh, merely as a designation on the ballot. And Don't what, help elect Trump, you egotistical billionaire. It's funny. He says Trump. In a very New York way, reminiscent of Cardi B, right? Trump! Trump! Yeah. (laughs) Play it again. Trump! Trump! She's the female. Same thing. How about Trump? Trump! Trump! Trump. It's merely a difference in pitch. (laughs) Trump! Trump! Right? So, Schultz has got to be pretty happy with the amount of PR he's getting. He knows nothing. Nothing. Is... The president going to call him Sergeant Schultz, which is a reference to a very old television show. I don't know how many people are lives on forever in syndication. Of course, yeah. But I don't. I have no concept of how many thirty-year-olds know who Sergeant Schultz is. But anyway, is Trump going to call Schultz Sergeant Schultz? They're they're, or? they're ignorant of their own culture if they're not familiar with that gem of American broadcasting. Will Trump, here? Will Trump call him Sergeant Schultz yes. or Snoopy? That was the sitcom based in a concentration. Well, it was a prisoner of war camp. Prisoner of war camp. A hilarious Nazi prison camp. Those bumbling Nazis. (laughs) Nazi Germany. He hasn't tweeted that yet, but the president with hilarious tweets. I'll get to before the end of the hour, I promise. But so, Schultz on 60 Minutes, huge deal. I mean, what a launching platform. Everybody wants that. Then a couple of interviews in the last couple of days. This one on CNBC. 
I believe that if I ran as a Democrat, I would have to say things that I know in my heart I do not believe, and I would have to be disingenuous. For example, what the progressive left-leaning Democratic Party is suggesting is government-paid health care for everyone, uh, which is free, government job free for everyone, and government-paid college for everyone. I was a supporter and am a supporter of the Affordable Care Act, which I think can be improved and, and enhanced so that the premiums come down for families. But if you tally up those three programs over a 10-year period, it's approximately $40 trillion. And ladies and gentlemen, we are sitting right now with a national debt of $21.5 trillion on the balance sheet of our country. And if we were a company, if America was a company at $21.5 trillion of debt, adding a trillion dollars a year, we would be facing insolvency. Well, there's a lot to like there. How do you not like that? Look, those three programs you're talking about, you can't do it. On the other hand, in a world of populism, if somebody's on the stage next to you saying, I'm going to give you free health care and free college. We can do it. The crowd cheers and votes for you. They don't care if it doesn't make any sense financially. Right. You got three hilarious tweets from the president we're going to get to at some point? Uh, yeah, not only are they all entertaining as heck, all of them are just amazing a president would tweet them. Okay, what's coming up in your news, Marsha Phillips? Well, Roger Stone, another day in court. We got a new report on California utilities sparking wildfires. And Apple, well, Apple's got another bug problem coming up. We played, oh, yeah, this one's pretty embarrassing. We played this song in the Scott City High School Band. That's me on the trumpet right there. Ba, ba, da, ba, ba. I think every high school band in the country played this song. We did. Because Nazis are hilarious. <laughs> I guess. Marshall's News next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Okay, we've been bragging about this heckler all morning long and how great his enunciation was. Can I hear that really quickly? Because we have one person who said they didn't think they heard it correctly. Don't what? help elect Trump, you egotistical billionaire So, you know what? Now that I hear it that way, this texter said, I thought the first time I heard it that instead of egotistical, they said evil testicle. <laughs> and if you hear that, it does sound like that. Don't help elect Trump. You egotistical billionaire. No, it doesn't. You evil testicle. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Everybody's a critic. Guy was doing his best. <laughs> <laughs> Longtime Trump associate Roger Stone again proclaiming his innocence. Stone entering a plea of not guilty during an arraignment proceeding in a uh, D.C. federal courtroom. He's accused of obstruction, lying to Congress, and witness tampering. Reporters and protesters waiting out in front in mass, waiting out in front of the courthouse for Stone to reappear. Say and, something wacky, Roger. Until he didn't. He's going out the other door. And oh, and so they charge after him like a yes. herd of panicked antelopes. Did he do yes. the Did he do the Nixon thing? No, he went out the other nah. door, my friend. He's uh, lost a step. Uh, protesters, <laughs> protesters, briefly stopping his SUV when he was trying to leave out back. Police cleared a path, and off he went. 
The largest utility in the United States filed for bankruptcy in the wee hours of the night as it faces billions of dollars in potential damage from wildfires in California. PG&E filed documents in a U.S. court seeking Chapter 11 reorganization. Meanwhile, the L.A. Times is reporting that equipment owned by California's three largest utilities sparked more than two thousand fires in three and a half years meanwhile the public utilities commission which is owned by the lobbyists the lobby it uh, said yeah, yeah what are you gonna do don't worry about it fellas uh, what do you need more profits just let us know state regulators cited and fined the companies only nine times during that time period for nine out of how many two thousand okay that's fair that's that's good that's some good lobbying you might as well get your money's worth you, you know what you, you get what you pay for buying the government wise Times report going on to say, lacking the manpower and technology necessary to monitor all of the power lines across the state, regulators rely on the honor system. Expecting the utilities to cut all the trees back far enough from electrical equipment before high fire conditions occur. Again, the absurdity, the obscenity of a corporation that makes big profits and pays big dividends to their shareholders... But they're regulated by the government who tells them, yeah, okay, you can set those rates and make that profit. But the government doesn't say, you ought to take care of those trees. As long as you're making big profits, you get, you're sparking thousands of wildfires. Yeah. What about those trees? No, no, our wise and benevolent protective government didn't do that. Why? Because they're getting bribed. I'm sorry. <laughs> Lobbied is what I meant. Lobbied. This, okay. this texture says egotistical or evil testicle. I heard Yanni, but my wife heard Laurel. That's a, that's a recall. It's a recall. Yeah. <sighs> Remember the Yanni Laurel thing? Wasn't that fun? Yeah. I played that over Christmas to my old family. About half of people heard Laurel, about half people heard Yanni. It's weird, isn't it? A California doctor lost his... You remember the blue dress? (laughs) Go on. A a California doctor has lost his medical license after recommending a four-year-old eat cannabis cookies to control his temper tantrums. California's medical board reportedly revoked... me. (laughs) The medical board... Revoked the medical license of uh, Dr. William Edelman of Hollywood. However, Edelman claims it's still active. He continues to practice. The medical board determining that Edelman was grossly negligent for saying the boy likely had a combination of ADD and ADHD and bipolar disorder after one 30-minute appointment. That's when he suggested he start eating the cannabis cookies. All right, is this the sort of guy who gives pot to everybody who wanders by? I do believe he uh, is generous with the uh, marijuana prescription. I see, okay. And we got a major face. I had one of those once. The medical thing? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was for sleep or anxiety or something. I don't remember. Tennis elbow. Yeah, something. (laughs) Toenail pain. A major FaceTime bug has been discovered that lets a caller hear and see the person they've called before that person answers. Ha- oh, hello. What? hello. It happens when a person making a call adds themselves to the call as if it was a, a group FaceTime, which makes them able to hear the call recipient's audio without them answering it. So, yeah, group FaceTime, which is yes. a newish thing from Apple for yes. iPhones, iPads. So I got Jack on the line. We got to talk about the show, so I'm going to get Sean on the line. 
And so I dial him up. It's still ringing. Oh, God. But these, we can hear. These a-holes are calling yes. me again. I right, got to take this. Hold on. I got to get a new job. I got to stab him in the eye, then talk to him. I got to pick up, honey. Hold on. Let me get rid of these two jag bags real quick. <laughs> exactly. Making it even worse if the call recipient hits the power or volume button to ignore the call, the camera begins sending back video from the recipient as well. Wow. Other than that, it works fine, though. Wow. I will regularly decline a call because I'm um, er, indisposed on the job. You know? That's great. Let me hit the volume button to get rid of that. And then then they're watching me as well as listening to me. <laughs> a never, scenario none of us wants. I'd never call you again, Joe. All right. That makes my whole... No, no, no. The echoes because I'm in the garage line a lot harder to sell. Right? <laughs> there are people that charge for that on the internet, I think. <laughs> Apple is... You weirdos. Uh, Apple said yesterday, uh, we're aware of the problem and there'll be a fix uh, in a software update later this week. That's what Apple is saying. That reminds me of the moment I realized I could see all the websites my son had open on his phone because we had we accidentally had some weird sharing thing going on. Everybody's like, "Oh, your son! They must have been terrified. He must have been disturbed." I'm like, "Never mind him. How about me? He could see mine." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's a wrap. There goes my high ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's your news. What little I had. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. <laughs> So somebody told me the other day about, uh, speaking of uh, his son, like uh, has a college-age son and uh, said uh, semi-regularly gets a strand of hair from them when they're home and sends them in, sends it in, and you can get it analyzed <laughs> to see if they're taking drugs or not. Really? Yeah, is that a thing? Oh, well, yeah, it is. Well, but... I know it's a thing, but is it a thing with like do, a popular do, do lots thing? Of par- parents do that? It's the first time I'd heard of it. I've never run into anybody who did that. No. Uh-uh. I didn't know uh, if wow. that was like common. Everybody did it or? You know, I could see if, if the son had a history of drug problems or there was suspicion of something terrible going on. But, uh, well, yeah, that would, that would not happen in my house. I'm just saying. Hmm. Um, does he ask yeah. the son for the hair or does he wait for him to fall asleep and then like secretly pull it out? Uh, yeah, you you generally find a hair, can't you? Uh, Michael, I lived in a home at one point with uh, two long-haired daughters, a long-haired wife, and a long-haired son. You could have... You were like the Allman Brothers, Ben. <laughs> it was a lot like being in the Allman Brothers. You could have crafted a mattress with human hair on a Ew. weekly basis. Ew, do I have to? Oh, please. It was like there was a beaver in the drain of every shower in the place. It's unbelievable. When my hair started to go in college, I remember my roommate saying, are you losing your hair or is there a cat sleeping in the drain? <laughs> That's when my hair went. It's like a hair factory at my house for a while. So the president's been tweeting. Yes. Say. Yes, he has unleashed three tweets in the last 24 hours, each of which is just amazing. Fantastic. We'll discuss coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Crank it up, here comes the singing. One side of the table, stop, stop. I'm going to give you 10 guesses on this one. (laughs) 
This person sounds hammered. Start singing. Okay, so I gave you 10 guesses. Did you guess shirtless, drunk Bernie Sanders in the 80s in the Soviet Union singing This Land is Your Land? On his honeymoon. On his honeymoon. Uh, Did you guess that? What? Yeah, that's so much vodka. <laughs> Somebody is out to bring down Bernie. Yes, clearly. That video has been around. Somebody had that for a long time. Yeah. The story of him taking his honeymoon in the Soviet Union has been around for a while, which is a heck of a thing to do. Yeah, um, I'm told it's not actually so. I hate to get in the way of a good meme. Regardless. Yeah. Then um, get out of the way. He was in the Soviet <laughs> Union. And... uh He's shirtless, drunk, singing this land. It's your land. Someone put that out there. Same as the sexual harassment story to try to bring Bernie down. Right, right. Clearly clearing the left wing for their own candidacy. I heard Mark Stein yesterday, last night on Tucker, and he I thought he made a good point. For the most part, everybody's Bernie this time around. Bernie was his own right. unique thing, but yeah. everybody's running on the Bernie platform, so... Certainly a lot of them. Where's the space for him? Plus, right. he's really old, so... Right. Plus, he's a white man, the worst kind of person on Earth. I'll be Yeah, exactly. I'll be surprised if he runs at all. Speaking of white men... <laughs> Donald J. Trump, the president, has tweeted several times in the last 24 hours, and I found uh, all three of his tweets to be hilarious, each in their own way. Number Tweet number one, 15 hours ago, uh, at least as I read this. In the beautiful Midwest, wind chill temperatures are reaching minus 60 degrees, the coldest ever recorded. In coming days, expected to get even colder. People can't last outside even for minutes. What the hell is going on with global warming? Please come back fast. We need you. I don't worry about global warming, as I've said many times. Climate change, Jack. I just don't care. Climate change. I should, but I don't. I tell you what. But the argument that it's cold today so it doesn't exist is is not my favorite argument. Right. On the other hand, the thing that bothers me most about the climate change crowd is that especially hot weather is evidence of climate change. Especially cold weather is evidence. All fires, all hurricanes, if it's especially windy, if it's a drought, if there's heavy rain, everything is evidence of global warming. Sure. Tweet number two. How does Dunang Dick Blumenthal serve on the Senate Judiciary Committee when he defrauded the American people about his so-called war hero status in Vietnam, only to later admit with tears pouring down his face that he was never in Vietnam. An embarrassment to our country! Exclamation um, point. I suppose Trump haters would say you had a doctor that was a family friend that claimed you had hurt feet so you didn't go to Vietnam. Uh, that's better though well, than yeah, pretending you. Did that. <laughs> that's though the better better than pretending you went and were a hero when you didn't go. Right, uh, I don't, different I, thing. It, it blows my mind that he's a senator somewhere with that kind of a lie. You're a crazy person, right? You make up that kind of a lie and a bad person. You have serious character flaws. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. not only is he a U.S. senator, he's on the Judiciary Committee. Blows my mind. Mm. Mm. Uh, and finally, this this is a little more recently. 
A low-level staffer that I hardly knew named Cliff Sims wrote yet another boring book based upon made-up stories and fiction. He pretended to be an insider when, in fact, he was nothing more than a gopher. He signed a non-disclosure agreement. He is a mess. That's Donald J. about Team of Vipers, the new tell-all administration book from Cliff Sims, who is a special advisor and part of the communications office and a gopher according to the president. I like the title Team of Vipers. Pretty clever. In ongoing presidential candidate news, Joe Biden has announced he will make his presidential decision soon. Oh, he has announced the consideration of a decision. Taking a page from the Kamala Harris book, which worked really well, because when she announced over the weekend, I thought to myself, to her giant crowd of 20,000 people, which is impressive, I thought to myself, didn't she already announce like several times? No, you can no. you can if you're clever like her, you can pull off announcing like five times. Right. You That's, announce your exploratory committee. It makes headlines. It's kind of similar to what Schultz is doing now. Like his big yep. 60 minutes yep. thing was like, I'm really thinking about maybe right. kind of right. getting my hat in the ring. Yep. And you get all this publicity. Then you have an official. I'm announcing that I'm going to announce 48 hours or 72 right. hours. Yeah. Right. That's then you announce. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, a couple of people have said the big announcement is uh, that I will be announcing tomorrow night on uh, Jay Leno or whatever. So you announce the announcement and really piss off the media. But it works. You get the headlines over and over again in our fever. It's funny. I veer back and forth from loving how ridiculous all of this is and the interesting personalities and the political play and the messaging, and it's just, it's fun to watch. I mean, it's like watching a good football game. You just, you wonder, they couldn't run the ball in the first half. I wonder what they're going to do. Uh, uh, then the, the, then I have a moment of, uh, the Iowa caucuses are a year away. A year! Uh, and I can't take this for another year. And that's the beginning of the year of the year of the election. Yeah, the election year is a year long. Right, so. I don't know. Um, there's a new book out about when Ted Kennedy challenged a sitting president, Jimmy Carter, and ran against him. We haven't had a serious one of those in a very long time. Well, since then. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of people are wondering if that'll happen this time around. A serious challenge to the sitting president in his own party. And that was when Teddy Kennedy, and I, I did this story a couple of weeks ago, and it was in the New York Times at the time, but nobody paid attention, was actually in, in contact with the Soviets trying to make a deal to help get him elected um, directly, him, himself. Well, I guess it was through his his longtime friend and aide, but I just think that's interesting, you know, given the times these days. Interesting uh, notes in the book about how little Jimmy Carter, how little respect he had for Ted Kennedy. Jimmy Carter having grown up without electricity or running water and Ted Kennedy growing up as a Kennedy. Right. You know. Bit of a different background. Jimmy, famously uh, pious and and sober-minded, and Ted, a carousing drunk. Yep. There you go. Final thoughts with Armstrong Getty. It's as good as I thought. (laughs) I remembered it being good. It is good. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody to uh, wrap things up for now. Uh, Positive Sean, final thought? Yeah, I want to tell you the story of uh, U.S. Air Force veteran Joseph Walker. Uh, He died at the age of 72, was laid to rest this past weekend. Uh, uh, out survived uh, his family and friends, and they were worried that there wasn't going to be anybody there to bury, bury him. Uh, 
announcement went out, more than 2,000 people from the community of Killeen, Texas, all circled around. There was a lot of military presence there. A, a beautiful example of a community rallying around someone. Good story. Fabulous. Marshall Phillips, final thought? Well, I am left to a clean, well-lit place to buy scratchers after just getting a sign, a magical talisman, in the mail. I will explain more tomorrow. Wow, what sort of a weird tease is this? <laughs> Michelangelo, final thought? Okay, quick on-air meeting. Um, should I bring in my Super Bowl bean and cheese dip hot out of the yes! oven Friday morning? Yes! All right. Yes! Are you, are you kidding? Was I'm that a rhetorical question? I'm offended you even asked. <laughs> okay, it'll be here Friday morning then. Jack, would you like to offer a final thought? Oh, they grow up fast. Sunrise, sunset, the changes that occur. So yesterday, making my lunch for my son, my third grader. He'll be nine here in a couple of weeks. I put a little note in his lunch that said, Hope you have a good day. I love you, Dad. Oh, He said his friends saw it and all made fun of him. Oh, Because they're at that age where that is not cool or cute or whatever. And he said, Dad, I like that you did that and I love you too, but please don't do that again. Or you could go to school and you're a lot bigger than those kids. Fight them. Right. <laughs> Fight all the third right. graders. My final thought is the Arctic uh, cold winter vortex blast that's going to threaten the entire Midwestern chunk of the United States could bring an inch of snow to Atlanta. If Atlanta gets an inch of snow, everything will be canceled for a week. Schools, churches, business, dialysis. The Super Bowl probably won't won't happen. Strippers. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yes. The Super Bowl is about to happen. Right. In Atlanta. We need to erect a dome, people. A dome over Atlanta. (laughs) Immediately. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling for our workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com for the clicks. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com to email us. See you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Then the show's over. What? Bye-bye. Egotistical billionaire Armstrong and Getty.